actually foretold of the event uh, where Jesus would be cut off, where he would be crucified, and uh, the prophecy that we're going to look at was over four or over 500 years before uh, Christ was born in the manger and before he went to the Cal uh, went to Calvary. And uh, really amazing. Uh, God knows the the beginning from the ending, as we have said many many times. God sees the full picture. I do want to to mention the article there by Brother Coral uh, in the Revival Fires and. And one of, the, one of the challenges in that article is that uh, as God's people, we would not allow fear uh, to keep us from doing what God wants us to do and what God has called us to do. And, and part of that is just being faithful to the house of God and doing what God has called us to do. And, and so it's really uh, interesting looking at the statistics that he laid forth. And, and uh, my heart was uh, encouraged by my reading that particular article. Uh, Daniel chapter 9, you find your place. And by the way, Brother Matoya, thank you this morning. Uh, for the message and what a challenge that message was great uh, Father's Day message and a great challenge to our hearts today and and I, I would encourage you that message will be available uh, online and, uh, and get your friends and, and uh, any men to listen to that message it's not not just good for men but good for families and so encourage people to listen to that message from this morning and uh, they'll be blessed by that Daniel chapter 9 uh, when you find your place, let's stand as we read together the Word of God this evening, Daniel chapter 9. Uh, we started on Wednesday night in this chapter, and we looked at the first part of the chapter on Wednesday night. And uh, I don't, I guess that wasn't Wednesday night, it would have been Sunday night uh, uh, a week ago uh, that we looked at this. Daniel chapter 9, we're going to begin here this evening at verse number 24. So Daniel chapter 9, verse number 24. And it reads, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks the street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. This is the prophecy that the young lady sang about here just a moment ago. Shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be of the flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. And you can write beside verse 27, Matthew 24, verse 15. Now, Jesus spoke of this very scripture uh, as, he, as he talked about end-time events and, and the second coming. Uh, let's go to the Lord this evening in prayer, and then I'm going to give you a lot of introduction tonight, and we're going to delve into the message this evening, very important message to grasp and understand for our day and age. Father, I thank you here for this privilege tonight to, to be in this place, and you're so good, so gracious unto us, and, and Lord, I thank you that you have given us, uh, through your word, insight and and Lord, such important uh, prophecy that you have uh, given unto us uh, that is so applicable for our day. Uh, Lord, I pray here tonight for your power, for your anointing. I pray, God, that uh, you would use this message just as a challenge to our heart and help us to be alert as to where we are on your timetable. And Lord, I thank you that you're God, that you're King, that you're Lord, that you're in total control, that history is your story, that you're moving this world in the direction of your return. And, and Lord, we're looking forward to that day. We'll get to see you face to face. And Lord, in the meantime, help us to be found faithful, we pray in Jesus' precious, wonderful name. Amen. And you may be seated this evening. Uh, Daniel chapter 9, what a, what a chapter, what a passage of scripture here that God has given to us. And, and this uh, particular chapter consists of Daniel's prayer and Daniel's prophecy. Now, as mentioned Sunday night, we started uh, with Daniel's prayer. It's the first part of the prophecy. And, and mentioned on Sunday night uh, last week that this is one of the most important prayers 
in all of the Word of God, one of the most important chapters on prayer, the uh, passage that uh, Brother Matoya mentioned in the book of Nehemiah this morning is, is another one of those passages of prayer uh, that are so crucial, so very important. Uh, uh, Daniel had been faithful to the Lord by the time this chapter comes in, into place. He'd been faithful for many, many years He's a man that walked with God in the Word of God. He's one of the few characters that there are no blots upon his record. I can see that, of course, of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was without sin. And that was the case of Joseph, but it's also the case of Daniel here in the Word of God. Uh, God had revealed some things to Daniel about his nation, some things that were going to take place. The 70 years of captivity uh, had been prophesied by Jeremiah. and That 70 years of captivity was almost completed. I, I want you to go back, if you would, to Daniel chapter 9 and verse number 2. Uh, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years where the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Now, Daniel knew that uh, that timetable was almost completed. That 70 years was almost at an end. And I believe Daniel, wondering what would happen to the nation of Israel, uh, was praying and seeking the face of God. And, and Daniel knew that although that time frame wasn't at end, uh, Daniel knew that they were not prepared yet to go back to, to the land of Israel. They were anchored, so to speak, in the land of Babylon. And as they're anchored there, three generations now since the captivity are, are a part of this uh, settling down in this uh, land of Babylon. And it's kind of like, as we mentioned a week ago, it's kind of like the current generations of Christians. I, I can see that the, the coming of the Lord must be around the corner. But how many people are ready for the return of Christ? How many Christians are so anchored into this world that we're really not looking forward or excited about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not prepared, and that's kind of where it was for Daniel's people. Now, Daniel was burdened as he looked at the situation. Look in Daniel chapter 9 and verse number 3 as he's burdened. He said, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fastings and sackcloth and ashes. Very similar uh, to what we learned about Nehemiah this morning. And here's Daniel passionately pouring his heart out unto the Lord in prayer. Uh, as we see in verse number four, it's a prayer of praise. He said, I prayed unto the Lord my God, made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and keep his commandments. And here he speaks of the Lord and honors the Lord throughout this prayer. It's also a prayer of confession. He said in verse 5, we have sinned. And he puts himself in the midst of that sin of his country, have committed iniquity, have done wickedly, have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. It's a prayer of recognition. If you go down to verse number 12, in this uh, passage. And he hath confirmed his words which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us great evil for under the whole heaven had not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. And, and basically what Daniel is expressing, we've sinned against you, Lord. You brought judgment against us and we're deserving of that judgment. You told of that judgment in your word and we have gone against your word and now we are receiving the just punishment and just judgment of our sin. In verse number 16, then he requests for his people, O Lord, according to thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger, thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins, for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now, therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. And here Daniel is pouring his heart out for his people. He's pouring his heart out for Jerusalem. He's pouring his heart out for the nation of Israel. It's a prayer of request. Now let me just insert here this evening. This is how we ought to be for America today. And I really believe that America is in a crisis situation right now. I believe the greatest battle our nation has ever fought since the inception of the United States of America is being waged right now. 
And I really believe that the outcome of this battle is going to determine the situation if the Lord tarries his return. It's going to determine for our children and for our grandchildren here in this coming decade just really what America is going to be and what its part is going to be in, in this world and how we need today some Daniels that are discerning of the situation and, and some Daniels, men and uh, women and boys and girls of prayer that will pour their heart out to God, that will get a hold of God. God and seek the face of God for revival. That's Daniel's prayer. It's one of the most important, one of the great prayers of all the Word of God. Now we're going to move tonight and our focus is going to be upon Daniel's prophecy. Uh, this is one of the most important prayers in the Word of God, but this is one of the most important prophecies in God's Word concerning the return of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we call it the prophecy of the 70 weeks. It, it's a key prophecy. And when you understand this section of Scripture, it, it opens the door literally to understand much of the book of Revelation, uh, opens the windows into what Jesus stated in Matthew chapter 24, helps us greatly to understand what uh, Paul the Apostle said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 uh, concerning the Antichrist. And, and so this is a key prophecy for much of the other prophecies uh, concerning the return of Christ and the Word of God. Uh, this prophecy, I, I believe, opens our eyes and our understanding to current events that are taking place today. I don't know about you, but it sure seems to me that things are winding down uh, very quickly. Uh, no man knows the day nor the hour, and, and I've never wanted to, to come across as, as uh, predicting a time. I don't know when the Lord's going to return, and uh, it just seems that things are winding down very quickly. Uh, it may be another hundred years. I don't think so. I, I can't uh, foresee it being that, and things are happening in our day uh, that I never dreamed would take place, and I, I really believe that the fear that we're seeing, and part of that was started with the COVID-19, but now we've uh, moved into other things since that time with all of the rioting, and we're seeing a rebellion. We're seeing an unrest. Uh, uh, we're seeing today really division and deception, and, and uh, we have so much uh, portrayed upon uh, the media today and so many lies that have been set forth before the American people and, and literally we believed those lies and, and really it opens the door uh, for us to receive the coming deception of an antichrist and I can see those events uh, taking place uh, right before us. All of this is the spirit of Antichrist at work. Spiritual forces today that are at work in our world moving us toward what the Bible prophesied. Much of the book of Daniel speaks about this coming Antichrist and yet most of the world today is blinded to what is taking place right before us. I want to read just a, a section of scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 uh, verses 4 through 6. It says, but ye brethren, he's speaking to save people and, and he's talking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, but ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. He said, you're all the children of the light, the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. And so what we're going to do tonight, and, and I would encourage you to take some notes, we're going to give a lot of information, a lot of details will move quickly, uh, but what we give tonight is going to be very essential, very crucial uh, to really opening the door uh, to understanding the rise of the Antichrist and, and the events that will surround that. Uh, we're going to dig into this prophecy, and I'm going to show you tonight where we're going in God's timetable. Now let's look as, uh, as we examine uh, Daniel chapter 9. Uh, we've seen the prayer of Daniel, but let's look at the, God's response to Daniel's prayer. Uh, God delights in the prayers of his people. Uh, Psalm 65, verse number 2, O thou that hearest prayer unto thee shall all flesh come. And when God's people come in brokenness and in sincerity, as did Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, God hears, as did Nehemiah that we heard about this morning. Uh, when a man comes in brokenness and sincerity, God hears from heaven and God intervenes. And, and so God heard the prayer of Daniel. Uh, look with me at verse number 20, Daniel chapter 9. And we have here an immediate response to Daniel's prayer. In verse number 20, 
And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. In verse number 23, at the beginning, and this is uh, the word of Gabriel, at the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to thee, or to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. And so you'll, you'll see, while Daniel is praying, while he's still speaking, while he's still praying, uh, Gabriel the angel comes and touches Daniel. Uh, one preacher said he was a Bible college professor. He said, I can read the, the, the prayer of Daniel here in chapter 9 in about three minutes in the Hebrew language. And he said it must have taken three minutes for the angel Gabriel to get from heaven uh, down to Daniel to touch him. And I thought that was kind of an interesting, interesting statement. And uh, God wasted no time. And sometimes God does that. Have you ever prayed and immediately God gave you an answer to that prayer? Maybe no sooner than the words left your mouth that God gave an answer, and I've had experiences like that. And I think about George Mueller. He said multitudes of times when he prayed, almost immediately God gave an answer to that prayer. In his autobiography, interesting statement made about the uh, multitudes of the uh, orphans that he provided for, God provided for, and uh, tells of a time that uh, they were without food one breakfast morning and uh, went to the cupboards. The cupboards were empty. He gathered the orphans around and he said, all right, children, we're going to pray for our breakfast. They began to pray and as they were praying, there's a knock at the door. It's a bread man who had baked bread a week early and uh, didn't know what to do with the bread and got his dates mixed up and he said, can I leave this bread here for these orphans? And it was the answer to prayer immediately as they're calling out to the Lord. And that's exciting when God does that. And here's Daniel pouring his heart out to God and immediately God sends the answer to Daniel's prayer. Now there are other times that God uh, maybe lingers and we're going to see an example of that in Daniel chapter 10 where there was a spiritual war and the prince of Persia was battling and the answer did not come to Daniel uh, for three weeks and we'll see that in the midst of that spiritual war there are some times that uh, God wants us to uh, battle in that prayer and sometimes that answer may be longer but in this case it was an immediate response to Daniel's prayer. Now notice in verse number 22, it's an informative response. And he informed me, and he talked with me, and said, O Daniel, I am now come to, forth to give thee skill and understanding. Now, now we've, we've looked at this. Daniel was troubled in his heart. He's troubled for his nation. He's troubled for his people. He knows that the 70 years of captivity are almost over, but the Jews are tied there to Babylon. And Daniel knew from previous visions that there were four kingdoms prophesied. There was that of the Babylonians. That's now gone. He's now in the first year of the Medes and the Persians, but he knows following the Medes and the Persians will be the Grecian Empire. And then there will be the fourth empire that was very destructive and diverse and more cruel than the others. And how did all of that fit into the 70 years? And so God has sent Gabriel the angel to inform Daniel, to give Daniel insight into what is about to happen to the nation of Israel. So Daniel's confused. How did it fit together? And now God is going to give him skill and understanding. Let me just state to this uh, that we need skill and understanding in interpreting the Word of God. And we need uh, to rightly divide the Word of God. And we need God's Spirit to give us insight. Can I just state that as you read the Bible, uh, this book is an amazing book. We've said that the same God who made the heavens, the same God that put all of the stars in place, is the same God that gave us the Bible. And we need the Holy Spirit of God to teach us, to give us wisdom and understanding and insight. And can I encourage you, when you read your Bible, you pray and you ask God to teach you and to guide you in the understanding of the Word of God. You'll never understand it in your human flesh. And, and so Daniel's dealing with things that are beyond humanity, beyond himself, and God sends Gabriel to give that wisdom and understanding. So it's an informative response. Look in verse 23, and it's an encouraging response. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, and look at this statement, for thou art greatly Beloved, therefore understand the matter and consider 
the vision. Thou art greatly beloved. That tells me that Daniel was special to God. He's a man of conviction, a man of courage. He's a man that walked with God and, and he's beloved before the Lord. And I've often thought, I, I want to be beloved of God. But let me give you some encouragement. Did you know that every saved person is special to God? Every saved person is beloved of the Lord. You say, well, pastor, I could never get the answers to my prayer like Daniel did. God wouldn't do that for me. I'm not worthy. And you're right, you're not worthy. But if you're saved, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 6, that you are accepted in the beloved. In other words, before the Lord God, you are received because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is beloved of his Father. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, the Lord says. And when you know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord looks upon you as he looks upon his Son. And it's on that basis that you can come beloved of God and have answers to your prayer just as Daniel had answers to his prayer. But let me express that beyond that aspect of our relationship with Christ, we ought to seek to walk closely to the Lord. I look at the 12 apostles, and of the 12 apostles, it seems that three of them were a bit closer to Jesus than the others. There was James and John and Peter. It seemed like the Lord often dealt with James and John and Peter on a different level. But then of those three, it appears to me that John was the beloved of the Lord. And it appears that John maybe had a special close walk with Jesus in a way that the others could not understand. And I think that's what Daniel was. And, and although Daniel had that relationship with God, he was very close to the Lord and he was beloved of the Lord. And, and that ought to be our desire to be beloved of the Lord Jesus Christ, to walk as close to the Lord, to be like John the Apostle. To be the beloved of the Lord, to walk, to be, uh, can we say, a special God's pet <laughs> to the Lord. And we ought to want to walk close to Jesus in that capacity. Uh, we have a great high priest, and we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. That's God's response to Daniel's prayer. Now, with that response, we have God's revelation to Daniel's people. This is the key prophecy that we're going to delve in tonight. And as we look at, at this revelation to Daniel's people, there's the revelation here of the 70 weeks. Verse number 24, and you might take some notes. We're going to get some detail here tonight. And some of these notes, maybe you can come back through and look through it here in the future. The revelation of the 70 weeks. He states in verse 24, 70 weeks, here's Gabriel giving the understanding to Daniel. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Now, what is God speaking of? Seventy weeks. As you look in the context, it's evident that the weeks relate to years. In verse number two, uh, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And so it, it's very evident the seventy years uh, are relating here, or the seventy weeks are relating to seventy periods of seven years, or 70 times seven, 490 years that God has given, 70 sevens of years, we might say, or 70 weeks of years. And now God gives this revelation concerning the nation of Israel. Who is God speaking of? Again, look at verse number 24. 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. And that's the Jews. And he says, and upon thy holy city. That's Jerusalem. In the context, that's who Daniel is praying for. He's asking for wisdom and insight. And so what God is saying, this 490 years would not relate to the church. In fact, Old Testament prophecies, the church was a mystery to them. God did not reveal this age that we're living in right now under the Old Testament prophets. Uh, this was a mystery to them. And so we're dealing here with the nation of Israel. We're dealing not with the world, not with the church, but we're deal dealing here with Israel and God's people. God would relate to the Jewish people here and to Jerusalem. Now, if you want to know where we are on God's timetable, keep your eyes on Israel. 
And if you look to Israel, you'll notice the events around Israel. You'll follow things that are happening in the Middle East. And, and in particular, watch Jerusalem and watch the Temple Mount. And there are some miracles that have happened in our lifetime uh, surrounding the Temple Mount and events that have taken place that I believe are moving us toward the fulfillment here of this prophecy in the book of Daniel. Now, God has special dealings with the nation of Israel, with the Jewish nation and the Jewish people. That's very evident. God has an everlasting covenant with the Jews. Now, there are some that today say that God is finished with the Jews. No, He's not. You see, God's not finished. He's not done with the Jews. God is still working on the life of the Jews. We're not finished with the 490 years. You're going to see that here tonight. Now, part of it is history for us, but part of it is yet future, and that becomes very important. Now, look at the purpose here in verse number 24 of Daniel chapter 9. He gives the purpose of these 490 years or the purpose of the 70 weeks. He said God's going to use this period of time to accomplish certain things upon Israel. Notice in verse number 24, what is this purpose? First of all, he says to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity. In other words, God is going to deal with the sin of Israel. The word transgressions means revolt or rebellion, defiance. Uh, the children of Israel uh, have been rebellious from their beginning. Uh, they have sinned against the Lord. Uh, the word sin there means to miss the mark. They've not lived up to God's word. They've not lived up to God's holy standard. Uh, God chose that nation as a holy priesthood. God set them apart to show his glory unto the rest of the nations of the world. Yet Israel never lived up to God's ideal. It was God's desire that that nation would reveal to the rest of the world that he is the living God. But they fell far short of that calling of God in their lives. He mentions here the iniquity or the crookedness, and that's our human nature, that's our human sin nature. We're wicked, we're crooked, we're apart from God, and, and so God speaks of that of the nation of Israel. And God said he's going to take that 490 years to deal in particular with the sins of Israel. God will always deal with the sins of nations, and he'll always deal with the sins of individuals. Uh, this 490 years is given to Israel. Now, as you read the Bible, they were given great light, but they rebelled against that light, and ultimately they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there's no other nation that has known the light that Israel knew, maybe outside the United States of America. Uh, the Israelites knew great light. Uh, the United States of America has had great light. And I cannot help but feel as God judged Israel that God must judge this nation. And oh, how we need revival, how we need God to intervene upon this nation. And so God said one of the purposes of that 490 years is that I might deal with that nation, that I might deal with the Jewish people, that I might deal with the sin, the iniquity, the transgression of that nation. Now notice in verse number 24, there's another purpose given. And he says that purpose is to bring in everlasting righteousness. See, at the conclusion of God's timetable, Jesus Christ will return. Everlasting righteousness. The Antichrist, and we're going to deal with him a little bit tonight, will be defeated. He's going to be cast into hell. And Christ will rule at that point on the throne of David. And we know, of course, that Jesus Christ went to the cross. He paid for sin upon the cross. But here he's dealing with the nation of Israel. And presently there's a small remnant of Jews that are saved today. But the nation as a whole rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we'll see that in the, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, in the book of Acts. And, and they've literally been scattered all over the world. But God is not finished with them. At the conclusion of the tribulation, there's going to be a national repentance. And uh, the conclusion of the tribulation, the Bible tells that all of Israel will be saved. In Jeremiah chapter 31, the Bible said the nation will enter a new covenant and God will give them a new heart and God's law will be penned upon their heart and it will be a covenant that they will know Him. And so God is, is using this 490 years uh, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Now there's a third purpose. Look in verse 24 here. 
He says to seal up the vision and the prophecy. Uh, can I state that every prophecy in the Word of God will be literally fulfilled? Amen. Amen. There are over 300 prophecies concerning the first coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, in the prophecies concerning the first coming, we're told of the lineage of Jesus. We're told of the place of his birth, that it would be Bethlehem. We're told of his manner of life, that he was sinless and perfect. We're told of his death in Psalm 22. We're told of his resurrection uh, by example in the book of Jonah and how Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. And that was a testimony of the coming resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And over 300 prophecies, all of them miraculously fulfilled an impossibility other than God doing it every detail. But can I say that every detail of the second coming of Christ will be fulfilled. And so God's given the 490 years to seal up the vision and the prophecy. A fourth purpose, look in verse 24. He says, to anoint the most holy. To anoint the most holy. That has a reference to the holy of holies. See, at the end of the 490 years, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back again. He's going to establish his throne upon the rebuilt temple. And that's spoken of in the book of Ezekiel. And Jesus Christ is going to rule upon that throne. And he's going to sit upon that throne. The millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's evident this 70 weeks or this 490 years brings about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the millennial reign of Christ sitting upon the throne of David. Now we get really to the nitty gritty. And let's look at the division of the 70 weeks. This opens many doors into understanding prophecy. Look in verse 25. He says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks, and threescore and two weeks the street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times, and after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be of the flood. And unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Now, there are three divisions that we're going to, to look at here tonight. Now, first of all, notice in verse 25, the first division. He states in verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem under the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks. Or seven times seven would be 49 years. Daniel foresaw a future event to him. Now for us it's history. But at this time for Daniel it was yet future. It was a commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. Now keep your place in Daniel chapter 9. I'm going to show you that commandment. Let's go to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Brother Matoya got really close to this this morning. If you go to Nehemiah chapter number 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. Here's this very commandment that God spoke of to Daniel. And by the way, God gave this uh, to Daniel about 100 years before the event that we read of in Nehemiah chapter 2. Look with me in Nehemiah chapter 2, beginning in verse number 5. We know that Nehemiah, as Brother Matoya preached this morning, poured his heart out unto God. He was burdened for Jerusalem. He was burdened for his city. In verse number 5, And I said unto the king, Nehemiah 2, if it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be, and when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given unto me, unto the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over to Jerusalem, and I come to Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertain to the house, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Then I came to the governors beyond the river, and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen 
with me. Now, I believe that here is the fulfillment of this prophecy that Daniel spoke of. Nehemiah, burden for his city. And we know according to history, we can pinpoint that day exactly. Uh, that was 445 B.C., the month Nisan. And that's told for us in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse number 1. Now, God gave this event, God gave this prophecy in 538 B.C., almost one century before the fulfillment of that part of the prophecy. And that event, that command in Nehemiah 2, started that 490 years of prophecy of Daniel. Now, Daniel arrived, or excuse me, Nehemiah arrived in Jerusalem, 444 B.C., 52 days. He restored the walls of Jerusalem. Here's an amazing aspect of that. History tells us the city of Jerusalem was rebuilt in about 49 years, or 7 times 7, uh, to 396 B.C. And as verse 25 of Daniel 9 tells us, the streets shall be uh, rebuilt or built again, and the wall even in troublous times. Now here's something else that is interesting. From the command that God gave to Daniel, from that command, God said, 49 years, amazing, from 445 B.C., uh, that 49 years brings us to 396 B.C., and that's when the book of Malachi came. And the book of Malachi was the complete uh, canon of the Old Testament. And so God gave us the completion of the Old Testament at the fulfillment of that 49 years in the book of Daniel. That's an amazing prophecy. And we can look back with history. I don't think Daniel understood all of the details. God was just giving to Daniel. And, and Daniel's writing this down. And amazingly we can look back. And see the fulfillment of that prophecy. That's the first division. And it started with Artaxerxes' commandment to restore, to rebuild Jerusalem in 445 B.C. Completed in 396 B.C. At the uh, giving of the book of Malachi and the conclusion of the Old Testament. Now let's look at the second division. Back in Daniel chapter 9, this is very important. There's an additional 62 weeks. Look in Daniel chapter 9, verse number 25. And he says, in three score and two weeks. And then in verse number 26, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off but not for himself. Again, an amazing prophecy. From the command of our taxerces in Nehemiah chapter 2 to the cutting off Messiah would be seven weeks or 49 years plus 62 weeks, an additional 434 years for a total of 483 years. Now, listen close. Had the Jews been alert to the prophecy in the book of Daniel, they would have known exactly when Jesus would have been crucified when he would have been cut off. This prophecy pinpointed exactly the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah. I want to give you an amazing statistic. This was written in 1902 by Sir Robert Anderson. He did the calculation for us. Nisan 445 B.C. was the decree that we read in Nehemiah 2. The Hebrews used a 360-day year. Based upon his calculations, the very day that Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey, we called it the triumphal entry, it's spoken of in Zechariah chapter 13. That very day, Jesus was presented to his nation and uh, they proclaimed him as Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. And that was the very day that concluded Daniel's timetable of 483 years. Now, of course, we can look back and we can see that with history, and we know that as Jesus was presented to his nation, they rejected him, and they called out, crucify him, crucify him. He was cut off by crucifixion, and Daniel's prophecy makes it very clear there was no other time in all the history of the world that could fulfill this prophecy. There's no other time in all the history of the world that the Messiah could come. It had to be exactly at that time. I do believe that the book of Daniel is going to be open to the Jews during the time of the tribulation. And I think this is going to be the very prophecy that's going to help them to recognize that they missed the Messiah. Now, notice following the crucifixion of Christ. Look in verse 26. There's a detail that Daniel gives to us. 
in verse number 26, And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come, notice this, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And so here he gives this prophecy that the city of Jerusalem and the temple would be destroyed. Keep your place in Daniel chapter 9. Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter number 23. Matthew chapter 23. And here the Lord Jesus Christ foretold of this. Jesus came to his people. He came to his own and his own received him not. As Jesus presented himself to the nation, he was rejected by that nation. And in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, Jesus spoke as he looked out over the city. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth, till you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Because the nation rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus was cut off. But here Jesus foretold that Jerusalem would be desolated. And in 70 A.D., the Roman armies marched against Jerusalem, led by Titus. The city was destroyed along with the temple. Not one stone left upon another. Those of you that traveled to Israel, you're going to see that. You're going to see the temple mount. You're going to go to the wailing wall that still the Jews go to that day. It was torn apart in 70 A.D. according to Daniel's prophecy, according to what Jesus stated because they rejected the Messiah, they cut off the Messiah. Uh, Jesus, or the Jews during that time, 70 A.D., were crucified by the hundreds. Uh, from that day to this, they have been scattered through all of the world. And all of this is history for us. That 483 years concluded, given to the Jews, miraculous fulfillments uh, concluded at the cutting off of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's where we are today. There's yet another division. It's still future. Let me show this to you. Verse 26. He says, After three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people, notice this, of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city. And that was the Roman Empire and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with the flood to the end of the war. Desolations are determined. And that would speak of the prince to come, the Antichrist. And we've already seen from future or from past prophecies, Daniel 7, Daniel chapter 8, that Antichrist will rise out of a revived ten-nation Roman confederacy. And so interesting how all of these prophecies fit together. And here the people that destroyed the city, that was the Roman Empire, the prince to come, that Antichrist, is going to come out of that Roman Empire. Now it's the Romans that destroyed the temple and Antichrist will rise from that empire. Notice an interesting, I've read commentaries that were dated in the book of Daniel to the early 1900s. And those commentaries in the early 1900s made the statement that Israel had to come and be restored as a nation. And that happened in 1948, that Israel was restored as a nation, a miracle. Israel was reborn. Their history has been bloody. They've had to fight for their very existence. 1949, after it was established as a nation, they had to fight. Uh, 1956, 1967, 1973, multitudes of times since then. Uh, it's been a bloody history. And gradually, it's amazing, miraculously, Jews from all over the world are flocking back to that tiny nation in preparation for these final events in the Word of God. Look with me, verse 27, one of the most amazing prophecies in the Bible. Speaking of that prince to come, the Antichrist, he shall confirm the covenant with many for, what does it say, one week. That's the week that's yet to come. It's the week that's history, or still future. 
And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice, the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate even into the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. The final week, still seven years given to complete this prophecy. We know now of that seven weeks, seven years as the tribulation. The next major event will be the rapture. God's people will be removed. The trumpet will sound. The dead in Christ will rise. And when God's people, Christians, are removed, God will give to the nation of Israel seven more years to fulfill those things in verse number 24, to bring an end to sin, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Now we know when God's people are taken from this world, it ushers the tribulation in, ushers in the Antichrist. Daniel 9 verse 27 says, He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And we believe that there will be a peace treaty with Israel. And I believe that peace treaty will allow the rebuilt temple on the Temple Mount, reinstating the temple worship. And then Antichrist will be the false Messiah. The Bible speaks of him as that man of sin. Uh, the Bible speaks to him as the son of perdition. He's the one that will be blasphemous against God. He's the one that will exalt himself above all that is called God. He's the one that uh, is going to uh, receive the worship of the world. He's the one that is going to declare uh, the mark of the beast and no man can buy or sell except he have that mark. And that's the man that's spoken of, and that will take place in that final year because God is going to use this dealing with the nation of Israel. Uh, halfway through the tribulation, this becomes an important prophecy, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Halfway through the tribulation, Antichrist will enter into that rebuilt temple. There he will proclaim himself to be God, and God gives the Jews a strong Warning at this point, they're going to realize that they've been deceived. Matthew chapter 24, keep your place in Daniel 9. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, uh, verse number 15. Uh, Matthew, in particular, was penned for the Jews. In the gospel of Matthew, Jesus is known as the king of the Jews. I believe the Gospel of Matthew, the book of Daniel, uh, will become very crucial to the Jews during the time of the tribulation. In Matthew 24, verse number 15, here the Lord Jesus Christ says, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, that's what we read in Daniel 9, 27. Stand in the holy place, that's the rebuilt temple, whoso readeth, let him understand, now he's speaking to the Jews. We're not going to be here during that time. Then let them which be in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation. That's the latter part of that tribulation, the last three and a half years. Great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor shall ever be, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. Great tribulation, the most horrible days the world has ever known. Uh, great persecution. The persecution of Hitler will be nothing compared to what Antichrist will seek to do to Jews and those that have been saved during the tribulation. Those that will not take the mark of the beast will have to give their lives uh, and be martyred for their faith in Christ. Most horrible days, pestilence. You think that COVID-19 has been bad. Uh, multiply it during the tribulation. Uh, there will be famine, war, persecution, natural disasters. Half of the world's population, according to Revelation 6 through 18, will be killed during that time, die during that time. It's all going to culminate in the battle of Armageddon. Antichrist will gather all of the armies of the world together in the Valley of Megiddo that we're going to have the privilege of going to when we go to Israel, the Valley of Megiddo. And all of the armies of the world are going to gather to that valley and they'll be on the verge of completely annihilating mankind. And at that moment, my Jesus is going to come from heaven. 
And at that moment, I'm going to come back with him riding on a horse. And Jesus, Revelation 19, is going to march to the scene. He's going to speak a word. And Antichrist will be slain, cast into hell forever and ever and ever. See, that's Daniel 9, verse 27, until the consummation, the second coming of Christ, uh, the return of Jesus. I don't like to sensationalize Christ's second coming, but I don't know when the rapture is going to happen. I can't predict that, but I am burdened. And I'm burdened as I'm observing a spirit rise up in our world. It's a spirit of confusion. It's a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of rebellion. It's a spirit of antichrist. Our world is being prepared today, being deceived today to receive the worship of antichrist. You wonder what's happening in all these riots. Listen, this is not a racial issue that's taking place. That's not what's happening. What we're seeing is a spirit of antichrist that's at work. Uh, We're seeing a a, a left-wing mob rebellion rising up, overthrow anarchy, overthrow authority of any kind. That's what's taking place before us. And what's happened, we've trained this in our school systems in America. We've prepared a generation uh, to reject the things of God, rejecting, tearing the statues, tearing uh, apart all of these uh, soldiers and things and history, tearing all of that apart. We're preparing a generation today to reject everything this nation has stood for, to reject truth, to reject uh, the truth of God's word, to reject our history. History is important. Let me just express that. And so we're training a generation to reject that truth and take upon us that form of socialism that moves us to the Antichrist. And that's that spirit that's at work today. Uh, Daniel told us about that multitudes of years ago. And so I'm burdened. What it tells me today is I believe we need to warn, we need to preach. Today is not a day to go into our cave and social distance. Today is a day to get out and preach the Word of God. Today is a day to make known the truths of God's Word. And let me just express this this evening. Jesus is coming. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Every detail of his first coming was fulfilled literally. Every detail of his second coming will be fulfilled literally. We live in the most exciting day in all the history of the world in which to live. You're seeing and witnessing things before your very eyes that God told us about multitudes of years ago. Now what it tells me is it's time to get saved. It's not time to mess around. It's time to serve Jesus Christ. It's time to fully surrender unto the Lord. I'd like for a moment tonight, every head bowed,